This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the Insiders, the PowerCat Insiders podcast brought to you by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company or your employer spend $4,000 or more a year on energy bills? Would you like to reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability? If so, it's time to speak with Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Hi, boys. Just an average weekend. This is Tim Fitzgerald joined by Matt Walters, Ryan Black, and former tight end he's still a tight end at heart travis Tannehill. uh let's just go around the table here everyone had a different perspective of what happened saturday let's start with you matt walters you were there how incredible was this victory and the way it transpired uh i would say it was, it was off the charts just because case they did nothing offensively for you know, a little bit more than a half of football. And, you know, to, to come from behind down 21, I believe that ties the, the largest comeback in school history uh, against Oklahoma on the road. Uh, now, I don't think it's the Oklahoma of old or the last few years. They're still going to be really good. But, you know, K-State kept playing, kept swinging, started making plays. The defense kept doing its thing, made some plays in Oklahoma. I thought, I don't want to say Oklahoma relaxed. I just think Oklahoma quit playing with the gumption. They they thought, yeah, we're Oklahoma. We'll flip the switch when we need to. We'll score the points when we need to. And we're still going to win this game. And K-State just did not allow that to happen. And, you know, I had a, I had a call during postgame about the coaches. Chris Kleiman and his staff did a hell of a job uh, now it looks like K-State's going to have plenty of depth. There were guys playing that hardly ever had their names said. Kudos to them. The guys stepped up, and that's uh, that's got to be a pretty satisfying victory in that locker room. Now they just can't come out this week and go flat against Texas Tech, but that was, in my estimation, that was a very, very good win. So was the caller approving of the coaches or still questioning them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, no, they were definitely approving of, of what the coaches have done. What I don't think the caller knew was just how short a time and just what the coaches did in moving guys around and getting them in those spots and trying to have them educated by the time Saturday at 11 a.m. rolled around. Yeah, I, I looked at that secondary and I went, oh, boy. And they played pretty darn well. Ryan Black, I assume you were there um, in the press box. What was the view like from what you saw, and how did the mood of the press box kind of shift? Well, I, I'm not sure exactly who it was who was sitting to my left. Um, I know. Okay, he he said that he was working for Sooners Digest. I don't know which affiliate that is. I don't know. But like the entire game, 
he was like one of those chatty people. And you could tell as the game went on, like he was like one of those cracking jokes guys and this and this and that. And then it's like Oklahoma started to blow this lead. You know, he was saying, like, well, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, he was just like in, in complete disbelief. You know, really as was I. You know, I, I, I think it's one of the things when you see it come back like that, especially given this compressed time span. I mean, we're talking about the last 17 minutes of the game. It's not as if K-State, you know, did this you know, at falling behind 21-0 after the first quarter. I mean, they, they came back for 21 points in the last 17 minutes of the game. Uh, and so I'm just saying, it's one of those things where if I had not been there to see it myself, I don't know I don't know if I would have believed it. I really don't. It was pretty remarkable. Three Down three <laughs> touchdowns, less than three minutes to go in the third quarter, and they found a way. And Travis Tannehill, as a former tight end, you had to love the play calling when they got rolling. They were throwing it to any and everyone, spreading it all over the field and really stressed that OU defense, and it, it honestly kind of collapsed them because all of a sudden running lanes opened up and, and things just fell in place. Yeah, I mean, offensively, you know, that was kind of the tail of – not necessarily to a tail half, to tail of two halves, but, I mean, that was as bad as we've seen that offense look early and then as good as we've seen them look late. Um, so, yeah, the passing game went well. You know, we got some great, you know, uh, passing production out, out of Deuce Vaughn and out of the backfield, which was huge. Uh, I can't remember. We've got some really good running backs the last decade, but I can't I can't remember the last time we had a really good um, receiving production running back coming out of the backfield. So uh, it was an exciting game to watch. You know, I kind of, you know, you kind of just felt that. I was watching from home and felt that anticipation just grow and grow and grow and trying not to get too excited. Um, and then next thing you knew, we won. So uh, it was a – it was an exciting, you know, just the tone in your voice fits compared from one week ago. Oh, no. It was, it was somber, sad. There was no football on. There was nothing to talk about. And here we are. We're all grinning, uh, t- talking through smiles. It's just amazing what seven days can do. It's incredible. And and I was fairly pleased with the performance. They they seemed to be holding it into perspective, even in a losing effort. That's how bad I was expecting it to get in Norman. Uh, and all of a sudden, they, they rallied from behind. Matt, let's go back to that defense um, I'm I'm just blown away how well the secondary played. And let's start with Jerron McPherson. This is a kid you want to root for. This is a kid that kind of epitomizes Kansas State athletics uh, football. Uh, but he's also been banged up and injured and missed that opener. And he was a force with which to be reckoned in this game against Oklahoma from start to finish. And he seemed to me to set the tone that everyone else on the defense eventually adapted. He was hitting, he was running to the ball, and he was playing with a great deal of spirit. You know, what I, what I don't know people realize is Jerron started against Arkansas State, but he didn't last very long. He lasted maybe a series, and, and then he was out. And K-State really needed him back because I think he's one of the guys that educated – the other players that maybe didn't play quite as much, but your point about him hitting was on spot. I mean, on, on the spot because he brought the wood. I mean, he was hammering guys all day long. He led K State in tackles. He had to pick appropriately enough to, to finish off the ball game, and I was I was really impressed with what he did. You know, he doesn't look like your typical Big Twelve safety, but boy, he he played lights out and. You know, I, I think fits about the job. Somebody like, you know, Echo Boydo uh, doesn't play very often at all. Doesn't get his name said very much. You know, Justin Gardner was good at a cornerback spot. Uh, you know, I thought Khalid Duke did some really good things. I mean, from the 
the front to the back into that defense, K-State played. They stuck together. You know, they didn't really give up the bomb. I thought Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma hurt itself by not trying to go deep more um, with the speed of, you know, guys like Rambo and so forth. But K-State's defense was tremendous. And, and kudos to Joe Klanderman. Yeah, I said it late in game one, and I said it late again in this one. What's he going to do in his second game as a D.C. against this kind of offense when it's really crunch time? Is he going to bring some heat? Or is he just going to sit back in, you know, maybe a soft zone or something? And K-State was aggressive, and, and the kids, again, executed the game plan. And, um, well, I tell you, you, you can't say enough about what that group not just one or two guys, but what that group did in that ball game. It was impressive. It certainly was. Ryan Black, uh, Spencer Rattler's numbers through three quarters were simply awesome, except he had two interceptions out of his three incompletions, and then he went four of 12 in the fourth quarter. How much of that was the K-State defense kind of getting after a guy who hadn't really been pressured for the three quarters and had it really easy in the opener? And he didn't respond. He was a freshman. He didn't quite rise up to the occasion. I thought his numbers looked good, but were kind of hollow for three quarters. He wasn't really hurting K-State with the passing game. Uh, but I thought K-State, the change in demeanor on the defense was rather incredible to watch and how they got after him. Yeah, I think it's it's just like a lot of these questions would be fits. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you can't – say that i mean oklahoma oklahoma's offensive line especially in the second half was not was not great but no. that's partially because of the way like you said k-state was getting after him you know i i think it would have been interesting if this had been last year's oklahoma or one, even the year before that w would things have been different if it had been a veteran quarterback you know i think uh heck again i mean this is a stat that's been circulated a lot but like you were kind of saying i mean he basically he did complete his first 20 passes it was just the two of them were you know, K-State interceptions, you know? So it's like I was I was fairly impressed with him in the early going, but like I think you could just tell late that he had just not been in this kind of pressurized situation before. And and I think that's that's where you have that real juxtaposition against a guy like Skylar Thompson who's been there and done that, and, and that's why he rose to the occasion. Trav, does this set up Skylar Thompson's uh, – the memory of him eventually will be much more fond to be, because – He's won three games against top 10 opponents and nobody else at K-State's done that. And that's pretty remarkable. I mean, yeah, I think you gotta, I mean, it definitely elevated my opinion of him. And I always kind of viewed him as like, kind of, you know, hate to be cliche, but kind of an Alex Smith and a guy who, you know, he's, he's going to keep you in ball games, but he's not going to go win you a ball game. And, right. um, you know, yesterday or, or this last weekend, he kind of proved that, you know what, maybe we can put a little more on his shoulders. And I think that coaching staff, you know, to hundred percent trust him and, and they, they've asked a lot of them, but I think he's just continued to progress, continued to get better. Um, you know, compared to Spencer Rattler, is he as, you know, God gifted ability? Absolutely not. But I'll take a, you know, I'll take a Skylar Thompson who's been in the system for three or four years and does all the, you know, the quote unquote managing the game and all the being a good quarterback and doing all those things correctly compared to uh, Spencer Rattler, who, who's a phenom and going to be a great player, you know, down the road. But, um, Spencer Rattler didn't necessarily manage that game very well from a quarterback position. He just has a heck of an arm and he's a heck of an athlete. So, um, no, I, I love what Skylar brought to the table this last weekend. You know, we saw the quote after the game, uh, you know, I live for big games, which is, uh, which is great, but, but, you know, we also got to take care of business when, yeah. uh, we play the Arkansas state 
and, uh, you know, the teams that you're supposed to beat. So I love the competitiveness from Skyler. Um, I think he's done an exceptional job in his, his tenure here at Kansas state. Uh, you know, I think obviously, improving your game enough to where you can take care can take care of business when, when you're playing a lesser opponent because you can't just uh, get up for big games and uh, and not bring on some lesser games so I, i'm just glad though you know we heard some whispers last week um of, of you know you know quarterback controversy i'm just glad you know those are all gone now uh, which is how it needs to be we can't have any of that um you know going on right now skylar thompson's the guy moving forward uh for this year and to come let's go back just a little bit fitzy we can go back to the start of bill snyder and beyond but one thing I, you have to give Skylar Thompson credit for is, and Travis is right there. Don't think there's a quarterback controversy because there is not, but think about his toughness and what he showed on Saturday. Uh, I, the first thing I thought of was, you know, in 2013, the amount of uh, bubble yum and bubblicious and bailing wire and the rolls of duct tape that K-State used to keep Colin Klein together that year. They're going to have to do that with Skyler this year because uh, he's going to be danged if you're going to yank him out of the game. I mean, you're going to have to drag him out. And he showed that on, on Saturday. Um, you know, I thought about Colin. I thought about guys way back like Carl Straw. Uh, guys that just, I mean, Paul Watson, guys that just got mangled out there. But by Lord, they were going to stay in. And I think that's what that's what Tyler, uh, or Skyler showed, excuse me. His winning percentage is not great. He's three games over 500. He's beaten Oklahoma three times. But I, I my respect level for that young man jumped up a, another couple notches because of what he did. And the fact that he's got literally a freshman offensive line in front of him, and they won that game on the road. Yeah. Ryan Black, are the fans too hard on Skylar Thompson? Uh, I mean, probably, but, I mean, this is like that kind of old adage you always hear, right, is that the quarterback gets maybe too much of the credit when a team wins, and mm -hmm. they get too much of the blame when they lose. And I think you're the. I think you've used this phrase a lot before, like the whole shiny toy thing. Yeah. I just think people are like, oh man, you know, Will Howard came in on that one pass and looked great. You know, what what could he possibly do if you gave him more of a leash and let him play more? And especially, you know, Fitz, I don't think you would have ever heard anything about a quarterback controversy. Not that there ever was one outside of like you said, maybe just people wanting to who are upset fans. If you don't lose to Arkansas State, no one no one says that. But it's just that you know when when you when you lose to Arkansas State, people are like oh the sky is falling and oh my gosh now they've got to open with Oklahoma and now how many games could they possibly win out of ten? You know because they they dropped the opener to, to Arkansas State. But I think you know now that they're one and zero in the Big Twelve and again like you brought up that Skylar Thompson's won yet another game against a top ten opponent and not just that but again a game all three of those games they were massive underdogs it wasn't like these were like top 10 versus top 10 matchups i mean k-state was not given a shot in any of these three games and i think that that adds to it as well it's been pretty amazing and, and you know it's interesting to me that the different types of uh, media heat so to speak that quarterbacks can generate everyone seems to love brock purdy at iowa state they think he's great he's an nfl guy he is very talented i'm not saying that but, Matt, I'd take Skyler over just because of some of the things you mentioned. 
The kid is a warrior, an absolute warrior. Is he perfect? No. But then again, I've never seen him throw an interception quite like what Brock Purdy did on Saturday that is basically unforgivable as a quarterback to throw that ball. He doesn't turn the ball over very often. For all the criticism of him, K-State won the turnover battle. He didn't really make big mistakes against Arkansas State. He just wasn't as finite as you want. I would take Skyler over Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think I would too. And, you know, I like his ability to run. And, and he was not at 100% no. again on Saturday. Uh, I think his, his right calf was bugging him, among other things. And he still ran the football. You know, um, he had the touchdown where he jumped, uh, dove inside the right front pylon. Um, you know, <laughs> that touchdown there in the north end zone where – my goodness, it was like a Pier 6 brawl, uh, 50-man battle royal in a cage. Uh, the kid's just tough. And, you know, not many people saw it. That's, I did because I was there because, you know, coaching the players came down to the field. But Skyler was the last Wildcat into the locker room, and Denzel Goolsby was in the stands. Uh, and, and Skyler was crying his eyes out. I think that's probably the biggest that, – that one's bigger than – last year if you ask me just by his reaction um but the kid is yeah he's not perfect he's not the best quarterback k-state's ever had but as tough as nails and um i i tip my cap to him because k-state pulled victory from 21 down and still still shaking my head about it today okay other guys is my hot take good or bad skylar thompson over brock purdy Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they're just they're just different. They're just different players. I mean, yeah. kind of you know, Skyler compared to Spencer. Rutt, they're they're just different. I mean, yeah, you know, if, 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 I, man, that's tough. Um, you know, I love Skyler. He's a great guy, and you know, just kind of how this game played out. I mean, I think Skyler Thompson wanted to win. Just he just wanted it more than, than Spencer Rattler, or really that whole that whole Oklahoma team. So you know when you you know when we take away the physical attributes and the physical skill set, a lot of times it's just who wants it more and who refuses to lose. And I think that Kansas State team um, embodied that, which you know comes down to top down leadership and Skyler's the leader of that offense. So I think you know that leadership style has a huge um, effect on it. So I mean, I love Brock Purdy. I think he's great. I think he's going to be a pretty solid NFL quarterback. And, and uh, but I don't know at the college level. I think I think I'd probably take Skyler just because mm-hmm. of those. Intrinsic leadership uh, attributes that he brings to the table. Said like a sniper yeah, I mean, player. So that's what I want to know: is what are the parameters of this? I mean, you talking about like as a college quarterback? Yeah. Like, that, potential, what's the question exactly? Kind of. I just want to make sure I'm answering. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it fitting into a college system like uh, Skyler does, I think Brock Purdy is going to play in the NFL. I don't know how uh, prominent he'll be, and I don't think Skyler is an NFL guy. But if I have a college program, I want a guy like Skyler. Who's going to be a warrior like he is? Well, and I mean, I feel like with everything we've just discussed, you can't argue with his results. Yeah. I mean, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't. Has Purdy even beat a top ten team? Off the top of my head, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't think he has. I mean, I know they upset Oklahoma a few years ago, but I don't know if he was the quarterback yet. He's going to get a chance at Oklahoma on Saturday. So Skyler just did it. Can Purdy do it at home? We'll see. Yep. I I think Oklahoma's susceptible right now. I I think Spencer Rattler, uh, K State showed you get after him. You you don't know what you're going to get from him. And they really got after him in the fourth quarter. 
We will see. Well, that's it for the first half of this week's Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. We will be back on the other side with more discussion of Kansas State football. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters, Travis Tannehill, Ryan Black in our virtual studio. Matt's in a really nice looking office. Ryan's at home, and Tannehill is uh, not showing us. Watch the screen. Yeah, he. He's... My phone. My phone's dying. I had to plug it in and take my microphone out. So <laughs> we're, we're we're plugged into the USB at the moment. Sorry, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. I, are... I like thinking that Travis is like talking to us from another dimension. Yeah, like we don't know if he's really there still, but he does. He does answer <laughs> once in a while. He just says iPhone from the from the from the future. Good. Uh, Tell me, how good was that national championship? K State won in twenty twenty three. Dude, it was amazing. Yeah, amazing. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and services provider serving feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark Energy is the natural gas provider. For the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina, Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Speaking of natural gas, here's Matt Walters. Yeah. Sorry. I was a little quick on the the draw there. So I know we talked about Bradley Moore last Mm -hmm. week, and it was after K-State lost game one. But, you know, you brought up Travis. I want to ask the tight end. When you watch Bradley play, what is it you like best about his game? I mean, I would say, I mean, you know, we see these, you know, 6'6", 230-pound kids who are super, super fast, and they line up tight, and they line up in the slot, and they call themselves tight ends. But, uh, you know, Briley's not that. I mean, you watch him in the blocking schemes, and he does an excellent job. So, um, you know, th- there's better route running, pass receiving, faster tight ends out there. Um, but from a total complete package of and, and being asked to do what this Kansas State offense asked him to do, which is at the end of the day, still block quite a bit. 
um, and, and really be the point of attack on a lot of blocking schemes. So, um, you know, I love his blocking. He, he's fast enough to get open. He's got great hands. I don't think we've seen a drop yet this year. Um, you know, obviously I'd love a little more top end speed. I mean, he's, he's not super fast. He's fast enough to get open and fast enough to be dangerous. Um, but he's not going to, you know, stretch you deep or, or do anything crazy. So overall, you know, I think his blocking is exceptional and his pass catching is very good, um, which makes him a pretty good all around tight end for, for a Kansas state team. Uh, let me ask you something about that, Travis, uh, watching what Kansas state did with Bradley Moore, they almost used him as a decoy on a very significant play, and it was when they lined Bradley up at tight end and Sammy Wheeler at fullback, and Moore ran to the the post, and Wheeler comes out of, and kind of runs a kind of a skinny wheel route, I guess is what they said on the air, and and he was just wide open, bringing that tight end out of the backfield. Dude, I just love that. I love the diversity of the offense. And when they get things, when they start to build things off of each other, it is a lot of fun to watch. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, just from an offensive scheme reason, I'm sure they, I'm sure that offensive staff saw something on film where it's like, Hey, we're going to put this, you know, that cornerback probably needed to, needed to drop um, and, and cover that, you know, skinny wheel route or, or whatever we want to call it. So uh, I'm sure they saw something on film that said, Hey, this cornerback, you know, doesn't carry. Um, doesn't carry deep in, in, in this formation. And so let's, uh, let, let's run, run a route combination here that we think we're going to put this cornerback in a bind. And um, if he does what he's shown on film, you know, we should have a, a receiver wide open. So, um, which is great when you got, you know, it's one thing to, you know, you got three or four receivers out there and there's only so much you can do. You know, you can line up one to the left, three to the right, or two to the left, two to the right. But once you start having guys, you know, semi in the backfield at the tight end position, it just makes those, those counts a little more difficult for that defense. And I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I think sometimes they just kind of like forget about fullbacks and tight ends. They just kind of don't respect them and respect, mm-hmm. you know, us throwing me into that equation um, just because, you know, we are a step slower than, uh, than the wide receivers of the world. So um, I think they just kind of get lost. They get lost behind the linemen. They get lost behind the fullbacks. So um, it, it is nice to, to see a little bit more of that out of that backfield, out of that tight end position. Um, Cause yeah, you can create some, some great matchups and some great route combinations and, and some big plays. And no, they're not going to go for touchdowns but they're going to go for 15, 20, 25-yard chunks, which is, uh, which is huge plays. Hey, since this segment's already turned into the Ask Travis thing, there's something I want to ask Travis. Um, <laughs> it's, well, I'm just saying, you've already got the first two questions, and they, they, one each from Fitz and from Matt, so I figured I could get one in. Perfect. Uh, when you were named all Big 12, do you at least get like a plaque or something for that? Or is that literally they just, they just say, oh, you were all Big 12? Do you get any physical recognition for that? I mean, I think like K-State made me up like, you know, a little – something to put in a frame like you know it's like a printed certificate it's like on a xerox i mean they ran off a piece of paper yeah. put in a dollar 99 frame and said here you go yeah so, no not like he no, got a uh, nine foot statue or anything i'm not saying he should have got a statue i'm just saying the big 12's got money they, they, they could have printed them all i mean they could have made him a plaque i mean yeah. he's a tight end what are they gonna give him <laughs> I mean, give him a give him a Snickers and a pat on the back and say, "We'll see you." You know, thanks. He's like, "Come on!" Yeah. It's no. not like he's the shiny toy in the offense. He's a tight end, and he, and he had no he had no hands. Oh, come on! <laughs> I just had really good wide receivers around me, and he just said he was a. We're 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 a step slower than those wide receivers. No, you're really about four and a half steps slower. Four and a, shoot. We saw what Tyler Lockett did last Sunday. So yeah, yeah, no, he's still. I I got two and a half to three steps behind behind Lockett. Oh dear. Well, uh. well, Matt, I think it makes it even more impressive. He was first team Big Twelve with no hands. 
I mean, to literally go out there with no hands available to do anything. I mean, that's that's tough. Can't grab anybody. Yeah, I know. I'm just clubbed just, up the whole season. Just <laughs> catch with the stumps. <laughs> but no, to answer your question, they, right? No, we you? don't. We don't get anything cool. I just was curious. I, I didn't know if, if if the big club at least just got some kind of little. Beyond just saying that you are, I didn't know if they gave you anything like physical. It'd be uh, nice, right. Trav, if you got a hat or maybe a nice edible arrangement. That'd be lovely. Send Shoot, you some anything. fruit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll work no. on that. That'll maybe be like a medal or, you know, another another ring would be cool. A medal would yeah. be nice. Or like yeah. a. Yeah, just, just a nice little medal. Like a wrestling belt. I think that's another good angle to go yeah. with. But uh, then again, a Xerox piece of paper in a, in a Walgreens. Frame is lovely. He just needed some buckshot for his thirty out six. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> I don't even know what to ask. <laughs> Ryan Black. <laughs> yeah. How fun is he? I mean, I I'm missing not being in a press box just because of the kind of community reaction you get in a press box. Uh, from silence to oh my lord, look what that kid just did! That had to be incredible to watch. Oh man, he he's one of the most exciting freshmen I think uh, I've ever seen. Um, really, in my short time covering you know college sports, the only the only player I can think of again who was a true freshman like Vaughn was, was Todd Gurley. I mean, his first touch at Georgia was a kickoff return for a touchdown. You know, and he was phenomenal. Uh, that whole season for Georgia. So, and obviously they're very different players. I mean, you're talking about Todd Gurley, six foot, 235, whatever he may be. And uh, Deuce Vaughn's a far cry from that, <laughs> both yeah. height and weight wise. But man, just when he gets the ball in his hands, he is so electric. And I know we talk about it all the time, but like in a way that size is an advantage because like defenders lose him, he gets lost behind the lineman. And then, you know, by the time you see him, he's gone. I mean, you know, and, Oklahoma was fortunate they were able to run him down. I know that he was disappointed he didn't score, but like that was the play that everyone's pointed to. That was what that was what gave K State the boost to really get that uh, comeback kick started. Four tackles on that one play, Matt. He shook off and really showed off his lower body strength. You got to get him down all the way, and I think his his size he just kind of shucks guys off. It was just fun to watch. Hard to get a clean shot at him. Yep. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he does not have much body fat at all. He's going to add some more weight. Um, I was, I actually joked with him after the game on Saturday because he came out for post game again. And you know, two weeks ago he's like a buck sixty eight. I think he's now one seventy one or one seventy two. But uh, linebackers have to have nightmares about this kid. And he's only played two games. I, I love how. You know, he's got all the moves. I love how he puts his foot in the ground and how he snaps ankles uh, and straps right now. But the thing that's most impressive about him to me is what's above his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a he's got a great head on his shoulders. He understands so much more about the game than probably 98% of running backs in college football. Um, and, and he's only going to get better, you know. He is, he's electrifying. And when we're talking about, you know, the offense earlier, the creativity that, um, that Chris Kleiman, Cordy Messingham, Colin Klein, I mean, you name it, the stuff that they can come up with, uh, whether it's tight ends or, you know, fullbacks or, or whatever, 
I think the sky's the limit, and that's going to help this offense um, as the season goes along. You know, K-State just torched Oklahoma for 38. Remember last year they scored 48 on them. And in Texas Tech's coming, and last I checked, Tech plays zero defense. So Kansas State, barring miscues and mistakes, should absolutely, I would think, light it up on Saturday. They've they're going to be salivating all week to get after that defense. Trav, as a former player, being that ready as a true freshman, how remarkable is it? I mean, one, being ready as a true freshman. B, being ready as a – or excuse me, two, being ready as a true freshman after the offseason, you know, they just had were tons of distractions. It's not like he could, you know, spend 14 hours a day up at the complex because it, it wasn't open. Um, but, I mean, I remember – I mean, my true freshman year – um, I was the number two tight end, and I mean, I fall started on my first snap because I peed down my leg, and and you know there was all sorts of, you know, you just kind of black out because you're so panicky and nervous, and 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 you you know the coaches just know not to put too much on you because they're just trying to make sure you line up right and um, you know block one guy where where him it seems like he's got the mental composure, um, and and obviously the physical skill set that these coaches are going to keep putting more and more on him. Um, and, and he's going to become even better and better. Cause I, I guarantee you right now, it's still semi-reduced probably um, just cause they're trying to make sure he's playing, playing fast and putting them into good positions to succeed. But, you know, as the season progresses, he's going to get better and better. And then obviously throughout his career. Um, one good question I had is, does anyone know, um, was he under, like, like what was his rating out of high school? Was he, is, is his, was he not recruited very highly because of his size? Like how did Kansas state get him? Does he have any ties to K state no. or kind of, how did he end up here? Um, and obviously dynamic player, was he overlooked because of his size or kind of, does anyone know that story? It, it had to be his size. I mean, yeah, you just won't see major programs take a kid at that size. And, and that's kind of where K state's always benefited taking that guy yeah. based on other things and just the, you know, combine sizes you look look for. Well, and they did the same with Keon Mosey, who we saw for the first time, also make plays. If you put Mosey and Girl and uh, and Vaughn together, do you get one Todd Gurley? Like, is that kind of the mass? <laughs> you know, you got these two little Ooh. guys. And Matt, do you ever foresee them putting those two on the field together? I mean, that that would just almost be absurd. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think they will. And um, you know, the the play that Mosey made down the, the near sideline on Saturday was impressive. And it, bless you, Chris uh, Kleiman's really impressed with, you know, with that kid. Uh, I don't know that it's just, it's come quite as quick, but, you know, I, I remember last year uh, getting a call from a, a broadcasting friend down in Texas the night Vaughn in, in an early playoff game. I think he had like six touchdowns and ran for like 400 yards, um, you know, that was the first of many calls saying you guys are getting a whale of a, of a running back. Um, so he, they're, they're both a lot of fun to watch. They really are. I got it. Travis, I, was just, I just remember that he was like a consensus three-star yeah. recruit, which is not okay, bad. So, certainly, like I said, not like, you know, five-star, you know, highly touted kind of guy in that regard. Yeah, but like, you know, a three. in my opinion, a three-star at a high school should not start for a Power 5 conference yeah. as a true yeah. freshman. No, I mean, that's, that's not the normal trajectory. Um, which, you know, props to Kansas State for, you know, overlooking his size and overlooking his weight. And, you know, at the end of the day, if the kid can play football. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I was just curious, you know, was his, does his dad 
you know, have any connections here. You know, a lot of times some connections are the reason, uh, you know, a kid ends up at a certain university from an out-of-state situation like that. So glad he picked us. Glad K-State went after him. Um, excited to watch him play over the next four years. Yeah, I got it. Matt, I'm glad my guess is, my guess is, guys, that the coaching staff knows. I might have to ask. It's a good question, but since Dad's an NFL scout for the Cowboys, I think the coaching staff probably knows him from, you know, uh, from you know, on-campus combines and, and yep. so forth. So they probably met him some time ago. I, I was going to say, Matt, I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up is about his maturity because, you know, the couple of times that we've already got him on Zoom calls, that's the thing that has just blown me away is just how sharp he is. And and I just – I didn't know how many true freshmen have you ever come across when you talk to them that they they just seem that mature for, for, for their age in terms of, of understanding of the game and things. It's rare. Not many. Not many. It's it's special. I mean, yeah. he's already – because of his dad, he studies film like crazy um, and really came with a good understanding of what they're trying to do with the running back position. It's It's been – Remarkable, and uh, the best news is this season doesn't count towards his eligibility. This is a freebie. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Speaking of crazy, Khalid Duke uh, is as good as they said he was going to be. Um, and I, I have no doubt after watching him play that if he had been able to go against Arkansas State, K-State would have won that game. He makes that kind of difference, Matt, on the defensive line. He was completely disruptive at times. Yeah, he and Wyatt Hubert uh, are – I think they did a good job with their speed off the edge. They gave the, the tackles for Oklahoma some fits. Uh, you know, Khalid Duke's going to continue to put on some size. He's got he's already got some moves. I mean, he used the used some spin moves on Saturday that were you know were pretty impressive. And you know, I, I, again, another player. I think the sky's the limit. The one of the biggest things I pulled from that game on Saturday is just the amount of depth that K State created. You know, when they get everybody back, when they're at full strength. This year, if they get to that point, you know, Chris Kleiman, the assistants, the coordinators, they're all, I would think, going to feel comfortable sending whomever it is out onto the field. A lot of players were good. You know, one of the guys that nobody really is talking about is Jalen Pickle. I mean, that kid got thrown into being a starting defensive tackle for this game. I thought he was really, really solid throughout this game. Batted a ball early, forced one of the interceptions. He's a guy that's added 35 or 40 pounds. Uh, the Cimarron product is uh, – he was a, he was as good early as McPherson was late in the I, game. I agree. Trav, they're now two games into this pandemic season, and they've already proven that every game's different. I mean, you know, if it all comes down to your preparation and, and how you perform and how focused you are on game day. Uh, but I feel like they have a real opportunity here with Tech and TCU and – then is it Kansas after that to really get into a groove here now that they're one and oh in the conference? Uh, this is a big chance here to come home and and really get ahead of steam going. Yeah, I just hope. I mean, the one thing I somewhat worry about, and hopefully, you know, I know Coach Klein is preaching the right things, and hopefully, those players are listening to it. And, um, you know, the player leadership is, is resonating that throughout the locker room. But, I mean, that OU team was not was not a, a traditional OU team. I mean, I, I don't – they're definitely not a top, top five program no. um, in the country. Their offensive line did not look very good at all. Their defense was, you know, as normal, which is average at best. So, didn't have very good quarterback play. So, not to take anything away from the win. Um, but, I mean, 
if Kansas State gets a little big headed again, you know, like they were going into Arkansas State, they don't for whatever reason they don't play well. Um, or, you know, two game track history here, um, but they didn't play well when they came in as the favorites. And then now they might have that, you know, head full of confidence again, um, going up against a Texas tech team. So, I mean, I just want them to make sure they understand like that, that, that was not a top five program in the country that, that Kansas state played on Saturday. So making sure they're staying humble, they're working hard. Um, you know, Texas tech's going to be a formidable opponent. Um, you know, their offense is going to put up some yards. They still don't play defense down there. Um, you know, which will be you know fun for Deuce Vaughn and Skylar Thompson. But, um, you know, I just hope they're keeping a good head on their shoulders. They're not getting too big headed. Um, and, and they're putting in the preparation. Cause like you said, I mean, this really, when you look at the conference name, you know, Texas, you know, Texas lost. So, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, it's a, it's wide open. I mean, anyone right. could, could, could run this thing. Um, anyone can beat anyone this year. Um, especially with the pandemic and especially with how things are looking that OU and Texas both might be slightly down. So, um, should be a fun year. You just got to get up for every game and, uh, and put the week, uh, put the preparation in that week. Now, Ryan, I don't know if you have a rant here, but no. <laughs> every trip to Oklahoma for me, something stands out. Any Oklahoma adventure stories to tell this time? Hmm. That that's a no. That means no, he's from a different South. That's he's from oh, the Georgia area. So he's, Oklahoma might as well be like Alaska, the catfish. Uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Fitz, you, you talk about like the press box murmuring stuff. I, I did notice just overhearing after the game that it seems like the Oklahoma beat writer folks kind of feel like that this team will not lose. Uh, or sorry, they will not be able to avoid losing at least three games this year. Wow. Referring to Oklahoma. That's where I'd put them at. Yeah, I'd put them at there. I think they're about a three loss team. Which defense is missing a guy named Kenneth Murray. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. Well, I'll say this. I'll take Oklahoma over Kansas. The rest I'll I'll take one game at a time. Thank you, gentlemen. Much appreciated. Another fine edition of the Insiders, if you ask me, even though we couldn't see Travis most of the time. It's okay. No worries. And I just misspoke. I said Texas lost. Texas Tech, you know. Yeah, it's, it's all Texas won in overtime. You know overtime, what? Overtime. I'm going to count it as a loss because. But still, yeah, they didn't look great. That's what I was getting at. Texas uh, Tech didn't look as dominant, and uh, and OU lost. So, um, anyone's ball game, Big Twelve. It really is. Hey, well, Travis, I guess if you didn't have hands, it's good they didn't give you a physical award because then you couldn't have held it. Ah, uh-huh. exactly, exactly. It's that thinking ahead. That definitely not a ring. I had I had no fingers, so I, I would have had nowhere to put a ring on. So. <laughs> Just in your nose. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.